we've seen from the scriptures that every time God does something new and significant in the earth, there's always those people that are there, they're ready, they're ready to receive, they're ready to participate with it. And at the same time, there are those who resist it. And I believe the Lord is saying to us over and over and over again over the last several weeks, don't resist this. Don't resist this. Don't fight against the move of the Holy Spirit. Yield to it. Submit to it. Let him flow. Come on, somebody say flow. You got to let him flow. And that's what we want to do. We want to flow with the Holy Spirit as he moves in and among this church. And um, in the way he wants to do it, I believe it's in our families. So we have... Our hearts have been so turned towards not just our children, but the children of this church, the young people of this church. And we want to see God do great things in this house, but in your house as well. So today is a special day. It is part one of Vision Sunday, and we've done this together over the last several years. We want to do it again today. We want to give some instruction about what we want you to do uh, over the next several days as a family. Take some time, and I'm asking you to take this seriously. And that is, as a family, to make a vision list. How many of you have done this with us in the past? Over the last couple of years, you've made your vision list, you've done that? I hope you're keeping, keeping it in front of you. The Bible says, write the vision, make it plain. Why? So that those who read it can do what? Run with it. Run with it. You want this vision out in front of you so that you can run with it. And it's not just something we do on one day or two days a year. This is something that's got to be in the forefront of our thinking all year long. So I'm glad to see a lot of you have done this with us before. If you haven't, then let me encourage you, take this seriously. If you're new with us and you've just joined the church since the last time we did this, then this is something special. It's a marker in the life of this family, and I encourage you to take it seriously and, and let the Lord do great things for you in it. One of the found, uh, foundational scriptures we use when we talk about vision comes from the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And we're going to give you several verses of scripture today. Are you guys waiting on me? You can be seated. Go for it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we're just going to take some time right now and then you can join us at the end. Thank you. I like having you up there though. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. And uh, you can turn to them if you'd like to, but we're going to have them on the screen for you. And I encourage you, just kind of let them, let them wash over you today. The Word of God has such an ability just to wash over you. And um, I, I'm excited about what he has to say to us. In the book of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it's a familiar scripture to you. You've heard it before. The Bible says, where there is no vision, people perish. I like it from the New King James Bible that says, where there is no revelation, where there is no revelation. This translation and others help us see not only what vision is, but how vision comes. He said, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. The easy uh, or the ESV uh, English standard version says, where there is no prophetic vision. This gives us a better understanding of what vision actually is. Anybody can dream up anything for their lives. And there are a lot of people in this world that don't even believe in God, and yet they'd be considered visionary people. They've got great dreams, great aspirations, and they're even motivated to do great things. But you and I are supposed to live different lives. And the source of our vision is not our own head. The source of our vision is prophetic vision. In other words, it comes from the Father. 
We're not just trying to dream something up. We are endeavoring to turn our ears and our hearts towards him and, and understand what he sees. Lord, we want to see what you see for our lives. And he says, where there is no prophetic vision, where there is no revelation, what happens? People cast off restraint. Other translations say people perish. Well, what does that mean to cast off restraint? I'll put it to you like this. Vision, a vision from God for your life will create boundaries for your life. Now, don't misunderstand me. I did not say limitations. I said boundaries. There's a difference between limitations and boundaries. A vision from God will create boundaries. And if you and I will live within those boundaries, we can live limitless within those boundaries. I'll make that. The Lord will show us more about that here in just a moment. But vision creates boundaries. So with that in mind, we want to go over... First of all today, how we make a vision list and the way it's been demonstrated to us and how the Lord's led us to do it in this church, we break it into three categories. It's very simple. And the first category is always kingdom first. Kingdom first. Do you remember what Jesus said in the book of Matthew chapter six, verse 33? He said to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It'd be worth your time to go back and look at that whole passage of scripture because Jesus is dealing in Matthew chapter six with worried thoughts, anxious thoughts, and all of them have to do with how are we going to get enough? How will we ever have enough? How will we ever get what we need? And he tells us in that passage, stop worrying. Did you hear that? Stop worrying. Stop taking anxious thought about your future, about what you're going to wear, about what you're going to eat, and do this instead. Seek first the kingdom of God. And the promise connected to that is that everything you and I have need of would be added to us. That's a big promise. And this is the first key to increasing, prospering according to the scriptures. If you don't have this in place, then you can be trying every other principle, taking every other step, trying every other thing. But if you don't have the first things first, none of the other things will produce anything in your life. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. Well, does that create some boundaries for you to live in? We have found that seeking first the kingdom of God has created boundaries in our life, in our family. Check this out. In our finances. There are things that we don't go do financially because we're seeking first the kingdom of God financially. See, it creates boundaries for us to live within. You know, we, we didn't just get out a map and put a map on the wall and start throwing darts to find out where we wanted to live. We sought the Lord about it. Father, where do you want us? Where, where's the place, the, the wealthy place you've called us to, to take our family? And he brought us to right where we are today. Well, that created some boundaries. We're not on the, we're not on the East Coast. We're not on the West Coast. Somebody thank you, say thank you, Lord. We're right where he called us to be. But that creates boundaries for you and I to live within. Vision will create, not li those limitations, boundaries. And we have found that within the boundaries of the vision and the call of God on our lives, we have experienced unlimited blessing. Am I telling the truth? Like we never have before. So the first thing you want to do in your vision list is put the kingdom first and ask yourself this question for 2024. What will we sow? 
This is how we put the kingdom of God first. We can talk, oh yes, I'm kingdom first. We can say that, but there are other places that you can look in your life that will actually tell you whether or not you are seeking first the kingdom of God. The first place you want to look is how you're spending your time. How are you spending your time? Your time reveals to you what's priority to you. And the next place you want to look is finances. And this is all scripture. If we had the time today, we'd dig into all of it. But where you and I put our, our finances, didn't Jesus say where your treasure is, there your heart will be also? You can talk all day and night. I'm kingdom first. I'm seeking first the kingdom of God. But if your time and your finances don't reflect that, you need to ask yourself, am I putting first the kingdom of God? And this is the first place we tell people to look. Pastors, we're, we're coming short. We're having shortage in our lives. We're running out. We don't have enough. We don't understand what's going on. And what's the first thing we say? Check this out right here. Go back and ask yourself, am I seeking first the kingdom of God? So come together as a family and make decisions about 2024. What are we going to sow? What are we going to put into the kingdom of God? And I encourage you, seek the Lord, get a number that something that comes up in your heart, a percentage of your income. And I'll tell you this, start with the tithe. You can start right there. That's one of the ways the scripture tells us to honor God. Tithe is not just 10%. You know what it is? The first 10%. There's a difference. So we start with that. And that's what we've done as a family. That's what we've done as a church. We started with that first 10% and every year we add to it and we add to it and we add to it. And just over the last few weeks, I was looking at our, our giving statements from the year and I'm looking at it going, Lord, thank you. He, he enabled us as a family to meet those goals that we set out there on our vision list to seek first the kingdom of God. So the first thing on your list is what? Kingdom first. What will we sow? What do you want to, you want to say anything no, else great. about that? It's good. So moving on to the next part of your list. Number two is where you come to your debts and your obligations, debts and obligations. In other words, you're asking and answering this question. What do we owe? This is not first. First is what will we sow? Second, what do we owe? Now let me tell you a a good strategy for getting out of debt is not pretending that you don't have any debt. It's not burying your head in the sand and acting like it doesn't exist. That's not a good strategy for getting free. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 27, verse 23, be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. So in this category right here, it would be worth your time to find out exactly what you owe, whether it's on your home or your vehicle or credit cards. And listen, all of us have made mistakes. All of us have gotten ourselves into sticky situations financially. And the last thing you want to do here is get under any kind of condemnation. The last thing you want to do is beat yourself up thinking, oh, I should be further ahead. I shouldn't have all this debt. Listen, condemnation is a faith killer. Amen. Don't even let your heart go over there. But you don't want to just ignore it. You want to approach it in faith. 
And we looked at this scripture last year. This was a big one for us. Galatians chapter five, verse 13 says, you, my brothers and sisters were called to be free. Why don't you just say it out loud right now? I am called called to be free. free. That's freedom in every area of your life. That's freedom spiritually. That's freedom on the inside in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. That's free uh, in relationships. That's freedom. And that freedom includes financial freedom. That's a part of your call. And it's not just so that you can be free from debt. It's so that you can be free for ministry and free for seeking the kingdom of God and free for being a blessing to other people. Say amen if you believe this. So you want to write down what you owe and then you want to approach that in faith and you want to say to the Lord, I know it's your plan that I be free. And you ask him for the strategy and, and when it comes to your payments, uh, if you've gotten behind on something, Don't just ignore the people you owe. No, that's not honor. That's not being a man or woman of God. Go to them. Go to them. Be honest with them. Say, listen, I know I've fallen behind here, but I I, want to make it right. I don't have all of it, but I have this. I want to put this on it. These are just practical character things, amen, that you and I can and should be doing. And then when you're caught up, see what you can do about putting a little extra on it. Don't be content. Listen to me. Don't be content to just live the rest of your life under the burden and the bondage of debt. If the debt's got a 30 year thing on it, say, okay, Lord, can we do it in 15? That was a good place to say amen right there. And if you will listen, he'll give you a strategy because every one of us are called to be free. Thank you, Lord. So that's the second category of your vision list. Number one was what? Kingdom first. What will we sow? Number two, debts and obligations. What do we owe? And then finally, number three, this is where the list gets really fun. And we call this third part of the list, believing big. And this is the way it's always been demonstrated to us by our pastors. They said, ask yourself this question. What would we have and what would we do if money were no object, what would we have? What would we do? You could probably even add, where would we go, right? If money were no object. And if you will take this seriously and really sit down as a family and ask yourself this question, you'll find that the natural inclination always comes back to money. You start dreaming a little bit and the next thought is what? Oh man, what does that cost? Stop. That's not this part of the list. We're not asking what that costs. We're not asking how much that's going to cost us. This is where we dream big. And this is where we, check this out, ask big. Ask. I heard somebody not too long ago who would probably take issue with what I'm telling you to do right now. I heard them refer to people who treat God like a cosmic errand boy who are just constantly asking for this and asking for that and asking for this and asking for that. An errand boy. And I thought, that's not it at all. That's not it at all. When you and I dare to dream and ask on a level that stretches us, what we're doing is acknowledging him as our source. You are acknowledging, I can't do this on my own. 
You are saying out loud to him and to yourself, I'm not my own source. You're my source. You're my supply. Amen. And you're being obedient to scripture. Jesus told us to ask through the new Testament. We see the command ask. I like this out of the book of Psalms chapter two, verse eight. He said, ask of me and I'll give you nations. That's a big ask, right? To to ask the Lord for nations. And he's saying, ask, ask of me. So this is the opportunity where you and I get to stretch. We get to believe big. And Sarah, how many times have we seen the Lord do this for us and for our family when we sat down with the kids and said, okay, kids, what are we going before the Lord with? What are we dreaming of? And this is not just get crazy and come up with stupid stuff. Remember, you receive according to your faith. So let it come out of actually listening to him. Find out from him what he wants to provide you with. And how many times have we seen it? Over and over. So many times. And, you know, the small, small thinking is what limits you from, from developing a large capacity. And I was actually praying about some of these things this week. And I thought, you know, everyone, God will give everyone the same opportunity. That's, he's a fair God. He will give them the opportunity to hear the same word, to be planted in a house, to be a part of a family to put their roots down deep somewhere and to see the fruit of it. So everyone can have the same opportunity, but not everyone has developed the same capacity. And opportunity comes from God, but capacity is our choice. It's our choice to obey. It's our choice to expand. It's our choice to enlarge to see things the way he sees them. It's our choice to be a doer of the word that we hear. The capacity is our choice. And as I thought about that, I thought, wow, that's, thank you, Lord, because I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to grow and to increase and to become all that he's called me to be and to do. And we all have that opportunity, but not everyone develops the capacity. I'll tell you, it's so important to do this with your children because they are the only demographic of people that I can think of that will dream and not care what it costs. Kids are amazing at that. Have you ever asked a five-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you might get a list of stuff. Well, I want to be a fireman and I want to be a policeman and I want to be an astronaut and I want to be the president and a veterinarian. And, you know, you're going to get a list of stuff from young kids about what they see, but you've never heard a five-year-old, you've never heard a seven-year-old say, well, you know, I'd really like to be an astronaut, but government spending has just gone so high. (laughs) And I've read reports where the space program is probably going to experience a lot of budget cuts not to mention how much it costs to go to college. You know, you got to get a four-year degree and then you got to add to it. So you know what? I don't know. I'll probably just. You ever heard of a kid talk like that? No. They dream big. They're not thinking about what it costs. Guess who's been thinking about what it costs? You, me. This is why it's so important to do this with your kids, not just so that they can learn something, so you can learn something. I'm telling you, we sat down with our kids. This is several years ago. We were living in Texas 
we were transitioning out of one house and we were going to be moving into another one. And we hadn't yet settled on where we were going to move. And uh, so we went and we did exactly this. We're talking to kids. Hey, we're, we're going to be moving. What are we believing God for in a house? What are we believing God for? Now, if you dare ask your kids this, get ready. What was the first thing they said on that one house in Keller? What was it? it was a soccer field. Soccer field. A soccer field. What else did they say? Not to mention that where we lived didn't, there wasn't a lot of land for the price that we could yeah. get a place for. Of course, we're thinking price. Justice is thinking, I like soccer, so I want a soccer field. They said a swimming pool. Second, um, second or third item. Oh, no, no, item. what was it? A go-kart track. A go-kart track. Not a go-kart, a track. A go-kart track. And we're sitting there going, okay. But, but, hey, but we learned a long time ago, never tell them we can't afford that. That's right. Yeah. Never let those words come out of your mouth. Absolutely not. You, you can actually encourage them to believe God for themselves. Yeah. And when they see it, they know without a shadow of a doubt, it was God. Amen. Mama and daddy could not do this yeah. for us. God did this for me. And not long after that, we started looking at this particular house. I don't know that we'd been to it at that point in time, or maybe we had, but hadn't seen it close up much. And uh, I had the address and I was looking at it online one night and I kept like zooming in, zooming in. And I said, Sarah, look at this. <laughs> they had several acres of land and on the back, I don't know, acre or so, their teenage sons had set up two soccer goals. I don't mean like two little bit, I'm talking two giant soccer goals. And I said, Sarah, I think this house has a soccer field. <laughs> sure enough. There were two goals out on the back acreage of this house. And then we found out once the folks moved out, you know how sometimes people move and they leave some stuff. Well, guess what they left? The go-kart. The go-kart. And their boys had rode that go-kart all over that three acres and created a go-kart track on the three acres. Not to mention there was a very large, nice swimming pool in Everything the backyard. that these kids <laughs> dreamed about, the Lord did it. For us, I don't think so. <laughs> For them. And that's not the last time we saw that happen. We saw it happen again when we moved here to Colorado, and we've seen it over and over. I'm telling you guys, there's something, there's something about the Bible. Hey, can I tell you this? I want to tell you this. Thank you, Lord. So in Texas, this is so fun. In Texas, where we lived, there was not a lot of trees, okay? I don't know what it was. It was a new area. A lot of huge, like Amazon was moving into the area. A lot of just commercial um, things that, there wasn't a lot of beautiful residential acreage. And I had this dream in my heart. I wanted trees. I want a yard full of of trees. And I thought, why, where's, why is this so important to me, trees? Hmm. Well, what had happened was I didn't realize that we were about to hear from the Lord to pick up and move our family across the country to the mountains where there were plenty of beautiful trees. <laughs> he was giving me his vision for our family 
not just for the church, which was the main, the obedient step, but for our family, for our house and where we were to live. And our wealthy place, being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people was connected to us being blessed and prospering where he told us to go. I did not have those trees in Texas because Texas was not my wealthy place. But when I moved here, the Lord gave us land and I look out now and I can't count the trees that I see in my view. Thousands, tens of thousands, a lot, hundreds of thousands. That's how many trees that I see when I look out the windows of my house. God loves and cares about the little thing. But what was my part? My part was to get in the place where he told me to be. And in that, walking that out was where the blessing would be for me. And I don't know if you're going to start with something else, but I was going to. Um, well, let me just re- uh, cover that one more time then. So number one on your list is what? Vision, uh, excuse me, kingdom first. What are we going to sow into the kingdom? And let that create some boundaries for you financially. And there will come, I promise you, opportunity to make a choice over the next 12 months. Do we do this with the money or do we seek first the kingdom with the money? And if you will, if you will seek first the kingdom, Jesus made a promise to you that he would add to you everything you needed. Amen. And then number two he also says this, delight yourself in the Lord. Yes. Love him, his ways, his ways of doing. Delight yourself in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. He'll not only give you the thing that you desired, he will actually put the desires inside of you of what he has for you. Delight yourself in him and he will give you the desires of your heart. Amen. And so we follow that up with knowing our debts and our obligations because we've got a vision to be free. Glory to God. Freeing us up to be a ministry and a blessing to other people. And then finally, believing big. So can you do that? Can you make a list this week together as a family? Don't just throw it together. Sit down, pray over it, talk about it with each other. Let the Lord work some things on the inside of you. And if you have to take a couple of days, two or three days over the next seven days where you just dive into this together and hear from him. And it'll be such a special thing for you as a family. And when you see these things come to pass, your kids, just like Sarah said, will know that God is our source. And we've seen it year after year. There are things, there are things on our vision list today that are carried over from years before which that just tells you it doesn't all happen in a few days. Always. It doesn't always happen within a 12 month calendar period, but you just keep believing. You don't stop believing God. And let me just say this as a family, you have to do this on purpose. You have to dream on purpose because the enemy does not want you to think bigger. He doesn't want you to see what God sees for your life, and he'll do everything he can to distract you from that vision. Keep you thinking small. To keep you thinking small, yeah, to, to minimize your future in your eyes, to get you discouraged over maybe what hasn't happened yet for you. And, uh, you know, I was reading this this week, and 
It says this in Isaiah 54 too. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Mm -hmm. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. You know, that, that scripture is actually in reference to a person who has not had children yet. Make room for more children in your house. And for those of you who are believing God, this is a great scripture for you to stand on. But to enlarge yourself, this is you making room for God in your house, making room for him in your family, making room for him in your heart with your vision. It doesn't happen by, it doesn't just happen by coincidence. It happens on purpose. And I'll tell you in the day that we live in with social media, the day that we live in with, there are more distractions every day, every moment of the day than there has ever been before. And you will have to set aside time to be quiet and to dream. You'll have to dream on purpose. And you know, when I was younger, I didn't have a cell phone until I was like in high school. Every, all the teenagers were like, how, what, how in the world? But I haven't even let my son have a, a phone yet. And he asks for it all the time. <laughs> but here's the thing. You, the day we're living in will totally zap you of all creativity if you let it. It will keep you from imagining with God, from dreaming with God. Sometimes I tell my kids, turn those iPads off, look out the window at those mountains. And I want you to think about your great big God. And it does not happen by coincidence. It all happens on purpose. So you will have to dream on purpose. You will have to sit down in your living room. Daddies, you will have to sit down and you will have to say, everybody, mama, daddy, everybody turn everything off. We put our phones sometimes in a basket on the, on a chair in our living room. All the phones, all the electronics, they go in the basket. We're going to put them over here and we're going to sit down and we are going to dream with God. And we are going to write down what he shows us. And we are going to believe big for our family. Amen. So today, guess what's going on in Children's Church Adventure Club? Your kids are getting a vision list packet and the teachers are going over with them how to make a vision list. So this week, you're going to sit down together as a family and go over it. And then next week, you're going to bring it back to church and we're going to go over the vision of the church and the progress we've made over the last several years. And then at the end of the service next week, we're going to hold those things before the Lord. We're going to release faith over them together. We're going to pray over them. And we are going to see our good God do good things in our lives. Amen. 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 So you on board with this? All right. So you're going to bring that back next week. Now the Lord has given us a word for 2024 and he has said, this is, and will be a year like never before. And the scripture that the Lord's directed our hearts to comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19. Guys, go ahead and put that on the screen for us, please. That verse, he said, do not remember the former things nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He said, I will do a new thing. Is anybody seeing this happen yet? We're seeing it. I'm telling you left and right. We are seeing it. We're seeing it in our lives. We're seeing it in the church. 
the Lord is doing a new thing. And what this new thing looks like, he said, is it's a way out of the wilderness. It's a way out of the dry place. It's a way out of the unproductive place. That's what the wilderness and the desert is. It's a place where there's, there's no life overflowing. And he's saying, I'm bringing you out of that. And that's why I said to you last week, when it came to this week and next week, our vision Sundays, the main thing here is that you get a vision of you out of the wilderness. You are not destined to live the next 40 years of your life aimlessly wandering a pathless place without direction. That's not your destiny. Yet many people have become so content. That's not the right word. They've just settled. They've just said, I guess this is where I'm destined to live my life in this unproductive place. But the plan of God is not for you to stay there just the same way that it was not his plan for the children of Israel, that first generation that came out of Egypt, his plan was the promised land. His plan was a land flowing with milk and honey, but they, because of rebellion, because of the hardness of their heart, because of their disobedience, because of their unbelief, they said, nah, we'll hang out in the desert for the next 40 years. And God let them. He had to. That generation lived and died in that dry, parched place when they didn't have to. Thank you, Lord, for the road and the way out of the wilderness. Amen. So the vision that we're going to talk about today and that I'm asking you to let the Holy Spirit paint on the inside of you is a vision of you on that road out of the wilderness. Now, I've got an assignment for you. As you spend time in the word, when you're in the scriptures, I want you on the hunt for this particular phrase. It's the phrase, you shall be. This shows up periodically through scripture. And it, the Lord really got my attention with it this last week. You shall be. And what I came to see is that is a vision statement and not just a vision statement that you or I came up with. Oftentimes these words, you shall be came out of the mouth of the prophet, making this prophetic revelation, making this a word from God, God saying to his people, you shall be. Now there's revelation. If you just meditate on those three words, you shall be. Uh, the first revelation that comes to mind is if I shall be that, that must tell me something about what I am right now. But you got to understand who's speaking this, who's saying this. This is the God who sees the end from the beginning. This is the God who calls things that be not as though they were. So when he says you shall be, it doesn't matter what you be right now. He's seeing into your future. And if you will believe that word and participate with that word and receive that word, you will be what he said you shall be. This is a powerful statement. You shall be. So as you spend time in scripture, I want you on the hunt for it. Every time it comes up, circle it, highlight it and recognize this is what he's declaring I am. This is what he is declaring over me that I'm on my way to becoming right now. You shall be. You even see a bit of that in this scripture in verse uh, chapter, Isaiah chapter 43. He said, don't remember the former things. I'm doing a new thing. It shall spring forth. This is what's coming. 
shall you not know it. And again, what is it? It's the way out of the wilderness. So let me give you just a couple of these. And I know the Lord's got some awesome things for Sarah to share today as well. But I want to start in the book of Jeremiah chapter 17. Beginning in verse five, what are we looking for? You shall be. That's a statement of vision. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse five, this is of course coming through the prophet Jeremiah and he is speaking on behalf of the Lord. You see that here when he says, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength. Would that include you trusting you? Would that include you making your own flesh your source of strength? Yeah. And what's attached to that is the curse. Cursed is the man who trusts a man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be. Now, this is a prophetic statement about what this man will become. What man? The man who trusts in man, the man who makes his flesh his own strength. He shall be, check this out, like a shrub. Like a shrub. You could probably say scrub, but the Bible says shrub. He shall be like a shrub. Where? In the desert. In that dry place. He shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. This is somebody who's made their home in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. A shrub in the desert, a shrub in the wilderness. Guys, put that picture up there that I sent you this morning. I did a little digging and found one. A shrub in the desert. Does this guy look like he's thriving? Does this guy look like he's flourishing? No, this is a shrub in the desert. But this goes on in verse seven. And we're going to find another he shall be. In verse seven, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and his hope is the Lord. Read that next statement with me. For he shall be. Here's the prophetic vision for the man or the woman who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. He shall be like a tree. A shrub? No, a tree planted by the waters. Go ahead and put that next picture up that I found for you. Does this look any different? Keep that up there while I read this. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. This is vision. He's declaring this over you, over me, over any man or woman who will trust him, who will just trust him. Now, anybody who won't trust him, go ahead and go back to that other one. Shrub. No faith, shrub. That is a no faith shrub right there. 
That is a no-believing God, a no-trusting God, a no-faith shrub. I want to hear you say it. I'm not a shrub living in the desert. Okay, well, if you're not a shrub in the desert, then what are you? Next picture. You are a tree. This is the prophetic vision that the Word of God gives to paint the picture of who and what you are. What were you talking about just a moment ago? Dreaming about trees. We wanted trees, didn't we? You think about that, did you? <laughs> we wanted trees. We wanted to be surrounded by trees. We wanted to be surrounded by trees. Are you listening? We wanted to be surrounded by trees. Trees. I don't need shrubs in my life. I don't want to be a shrub in somebody else's life. Dried out, starving for thirst, dying of thirst. I want to be a tree. I want to be surrounded by trees. He shall be like a tree. And not just a tree, a tree planted by water. Notice what happens to those roots. Put that back up there for us, that tree planted by the river. Do you see the roots touching the water? They'll find it. There it is. Do you see the roots stretching out, touching the water? Well, what does that mean? That means when you're planted there, you're tapped into an unending supply. That shrub in the desert is crying out for rain, rain, I need water. Somebody water me, water me, water me. Totally dependent on the surface. What's going on on the surface, coming to the surface. This tree, this tree could not care less what season it is. This tree could not care less if it rained yesterday or the day before. Why? He's tapped in to the supply beneath the surface. He's got his roots touching that supply, that unending supply. And because of that, his leaf is green. What else did he say? He said his leaf will be green, green and he will not be anxious in the year of drought. What's he care about drought? I'm tapped into this river. What's he care about heat? I'm tapped into this river. I got everything I need tapped into this supply. What did the Lord say? I'm doing a new thing. It will be a road in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Hallelujah. Tapped into that supply. And he will not cease from yielding fruit. So when he said, you shall be this tree, he's saying, you shall be fearless. Can you see that? Fearless. He's not afraid of the changing conditions. Tapped in. When he said, you shall be a tree, like a tree, he's saying, you're going to be free from anxiety. Is that a different vision? Maybe than what you've been living in or experiencing that constant worry, that constant anxiety. Where's the next meal coming from? Where's the next paycheck coming from? How are we going to, how will we make this happen? His vision for you and for me in 2024 and beyond is you like a tree and that tree doesn't sweat it totally free from anxiety. And that tree is fruitful, fruitful, producing fruit. 
You see some of these same words, you've heard this before, Psalm chapter one. Let's put that on the screen for us. Psalm chapter one, verse one, blessed. Well, that's how this other verse started. Blessed is the man who trusts the Lord. Psalm one, blessed is the man, the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or we've got the whole word of God. His delight is in the word. He's meditating in the word day and night, and he shall be. This is vision. Maybe you don't feel like a tree right now. Maybe you don't think you look much like a tree. Maybe you're thinking, I feel more like that shrub in the desert. No, it's not about who and what you are today. It's about hearing this word from the one, the father who calls those things that be not as though they were. And even if you've been living like a shrub for the last two decades, he's saying, you shall be like a tree. Saying the same thing here. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. That word wither means to dry up. I like this. Whatever he does prospers. Is that a fresh vision for 2024? That whatever you do prospers? He's saying that's what you shall be. So when he said in Psalm 1, you're going to be like a tree, he's talking to you about being rooted. He's talking to you about being fruitful. He's talking to you about being prosperous. Somebody say, I shall be. be. I'm not a shrub. I'm a a tree. tree. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Why don't you talk to some about Psalm 92? Psalm 92 verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Wait, say that part again. Like a, like a, like a tree. You shall, you shall. Like a, like a, like a palm like tree. A vision. That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> She's like, leave me alone. Um, like a palm tree. He shall grow. Did you know that growth is God's will for our lives? A lot of people have heard things and they say, well, I'm everything I will always, I'm already everything that I need to be. And, uh, you know, they'll try to fight with you on this, but no growth increase is God's will for your life. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I am walking out my righteousness. I'm walking out my growth. I am growing every single day. And it says this, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are, I'm telling you guys, this scripture has come to me more times since we've started this church. This is one of the key scriptures for Legacy Church. And if you are called to this church and this family, I'm asking you right now to hide this scripture in your heart and never let it go. Yeah, amen. It says this, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Thank you, Lord. And I'm telling you, you have to really break this down and think about it. Those who are planted, 
those are the ones who let their roots go down deep in a place. This house of the Lord that this scripture is referring to, it is talking about a literal place, a literal family, a literal household that God has called you and joined you to and set you in the body for such a time as this. Now you may not feel like yet you're a part of a family, And I'm telling you, that will have a lot to do with how much you plant yourself in a place. Someone will not come to you and grab hold of you and control you and try to dig some holes and put you in that hole and plant your roots down for you. It's your choice. God gives us all a free choice to be a part of a family or to not be a part of a family. And it says here, those who are planted in a house, you know, every person that is in the kingdom is called to a family of faith, called to a household of faith. This is not talking about just a a literal house that you live in. It's not just talking about the structure or the building. It is talking about a family. And there are reasons that you are supposed to be a part of a family. That family will cause you to begin to grow being a part of it. It will cause you to be be able to become a very strong tree, like a tree. You know that it's God's desire that every one of us, from the time we are a child, we, we begin to, we plant the seed and we, we plant the seed in our church. We plant ourselves in the church. And then what happens when a tree, what does a tree need to grow big and strong and tall? It needs sunlight. And to me, this represents being and sitting and soaking in his presence. It means we need the anointing that comes from being together. You know what else a tree, a great big old tree needs? It needs water. And the Bible is really clear that the word of God, the anointed word of God, is like water that washes over us and brings life to us. And it would be complete arrogance for me to think I cannot show up where the water is going to wash over me week after week after week and think that I'm going to continue to flourish. It would be complete It would be me thinking that I knew more than God to lay out week after week after week from the place that he planted me in and resist his presence in my life. I need the sun shining down on me. I need to sit in his presence week after week after week. And if I'm going to do it the way he lines, it says for me to do it in the word, that is for me to find the family, the local church, the body that he has placed me in, and to plant myself 
in that place week after week after week. And let the water, the washing of the water of the word do what only it can do in my life. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of their God. They shall still bear forth fruit in old age. Do you see that long life is connected to where you are planted? They shall still be fresh and flourishing. That word fresh actually is the word fat. And it means that it's the idea and the picture of not being so thin that you're withering away, but that you've got enough meat on your bones that it's sustaining you. It's substantial in your life. It is a picture of prosperity. It is a picture of you becoming not brown and withered away, but green, growing green, fresh, and flourishing. Did you know that every week there are people, there are people today that God has put and that there is a word going out to them, for them, being spoken for them, whether they're here or not. God is speaking every week. And there is water, fresh water, flowing to their desert place, whether they're here or not. And God is speaking and his presence is so rich in this place. And he will, I'm telling you, there are seeds being planted. Do you know what this is every week? This This is seeds being planted. I think about as a little girl, my parents, one thing they did is they kept me in the word of God every single week I was in church, every single week. Multiple times a week. Multiple times a week. And I, they kept me around the anointing. You know, that's the best thing you can do for your children right now. Keep them around life around the anointing so that someday when they have the opportunity, they'll be able to smell death from a mile away and they won't want anything to do with it. And I, I just, every week, your children and my children and us, us children of God, we are having seeds planted on the inside of us. You don't even know that it's happening or realize it half the time. Sometimes you do and there's a spark and you feel it. Sometimes you don't feel it. And what it is, is it's the, it is the choice and the commitment that I will be where God told me to be week after week after week and I won't let the enemy distract me. I won't let him steal from me what God is trying to give me. I won't let him steal the life from being in his presence. I want to read you this. This is out of Psalm 128. It says this, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. 
you know, the first step to walking in the blessing is walking with God, walking in his ways. You can't walk your own path and expect to be blessed without him. There's no real blessing without him. Everything is toil. Everything is hard. It says this, when you eat all the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. Do you know that life is supposed to be good and you're supposed to be happy? Now, if you're not, then that means that there's a part of you that's still living and occupying an area of the wilderness. And that's not God's best will for your life. I want to ask, I want to say this to you. Well, let me just keep reading. Thank you, Lord. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. That word fruitful is just, means there's fertility there. There's life. She's bearing fruit. This is a promise to all the wives in this church. A fruitful vine. Amen. I take it. It says in the very heart of your house. That means she's not off somewhere else with someone else. She's there and she's happy in your house with you. Your children like olive plants around your table. I was um, Tuesday. We had... We have a prayer group that meets on Tuesdays and we were praying together this week. We were praying out some of these things. We were praying out what it means to be like a tree. And as we were praying, did you know when you pray, God will give you previews. And that should be a part of our prayer life. That when we pray, we go expecting to see what he has for us. That's vision. Mm-hmm. And as we pray, we see on the inside what we're praying out. And we begin to pray. And I saw, after praying for a while, a big table. And this table represented legacy. And at this table... There were so many people. And the people, as they sat there, see, this is what was happening. They were being served. They were being served a meal. And they were eating. And they were being served. And then there were also those that would get up around the table and they would serve. Did you know that's the picture of a healthy family? Those that will come and let you serve them. And then you'll get up and take your place in the family and begin to serve others. And all around that table, those people, as I prayed, I saw them begin to turn into trees. Little plants. And they started to grow and get stronger. And the Lord reminded me of this scripture. That... Your children will be like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus the man will be blessed who fears the Lord. 
goes on to say, The Lord will bless you out of Zion. May you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. There's another proof of long life. You know, if you're not prospering, I would, I would encourage you to ask yourself this question. Am I planted? Come on. You need to say that again. If you're not prospering, spirit, soul, body, in every area of your life, in your soul up here every day, in your heart, in your, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, if you are not growing and increasing in some degree, I would encourage you to ask yourself, am I really planted? Your your children will be like olive plants. Now this word here, plant, it's like the olive plant, it's like a shoot. It's before you become a great big tree. Yeah. But it still has budded and it has still come up above the surface. And is that not like the children of Legacy Church, what's happening in their life week after week after week? They are be, there are seeds being sown in them and they are being watered. And if you are there or if you're not there, God is giving them a word and the seeds are being planted whether they're there or not. And the des- God's desire is that every one of us grows up into a great, big, strong tree. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus said it, if you read, that it'd be like these little guys, these little critters could come and make their home in the branches of your tree. Other people would come to you. You would be like trees, Isaiah says, of righteousness. This is in Isaiah 61. The planting of the Lord (laughs) that he would be glorified. We are called to grow up into great, big, strong people who give glory to God and are a blessing to all those who come into our realm of influence. If you're planted in the house of the Lord, that is the place you will start to prosper and you will still be bearing fruit even when you get to old age. See how connected the correlation between being planted and prospering is? It's really... Sorry, I'm talking. No, go for it, yeah. I just want to say this one more thing. At the end of that prayer time, my brother came up to me, Jordan, who's our worship leader. And he said, Sarah, while we were praying, I saw something. I saw the table and I saw what we were praying. And I saw something else too. I saw the fathers at the table get up from the table. And he said, there was, there was a little, there were windows in the room. And there was light shining down over everyone sitting in the table at the table. Light, beautiful light streaming in from the windows. And he saw, I saw all the fathers get up from the table and they went to the windows and they opened the windows. They flung open the windows and more light poured in, flooded in over their families. And I saw it too. 
I saw Isaiah what it says to enlarge your tents, to stretch out your stretch forth your curtains. What does it mean? You and I have the ability to expand our capacity for our families and for the family of this church. We have the ability to open the window more and let God's presence come in and wash over us and work in us. We have to do it on purpose. We have to go over, open up that window and let God in. Make more room for him. Whether it's in this church, whether it's at home with our own, our church family at home and our families. We, fathers, mothers, we have the opportunity to make room for God in every, at every moment of our life. How do you practically do that? You are sensitive to him, aware of him. You turn his word on in your house. You, you turn worship on. You worship him as a family. Sometimes you have to turn the TV off. And you make room for him. Enlarge your capacity now. Open your heart for the sake of your family and where God wants to take you. This is vision. Being able to see what he wants us to see. Stopping what we think is so, you know, it's our routine. Let him interrupt your routine. But you're going to have to be sensitive, praying in the spirit through the day. Committed, open to him, yielded to him. Refusing to let strife be a stronghold in your home. Letting the peace of God let him it work and reign and rule in our homes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, I didn't realize what a significant day this was going to be, even if, until a few days ago. I wasn't at that Tuesday afternoon prayer, but I sat down Wednesday morning and I told Sarah, I, I, didn't, I wasn't there. I didn't hear what they prayed. I said, the Lord's given me a message for Sunday and it's called like a tree. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, I know. We prayed all that out. <laughs> but what I didn't realize was how many things were coming together today. And I'm hoping your heart is able to catch this. What we're actually telling you today is more than just a vision, another vision Sunday message. This is a redirect as of today, Legacy Church is on a new course. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Since we began the church several years ago, we have looked, searched our own hearts. Um, we've been looking for imagery. We've been looking, you can call it a logo, you can call it anything you want. That's something that represented the church, represented who we are and what we believe the mission and the assignment of the church was. And I'm sure you can imagine over the last several years, we've come up with every, every iteration and drawing of a mountain that we could come up with <laughs> because that's, that seems to be what we see all around us. You know, it's like the mountains and the big mountain that we have out here in the front yard. And, and that would make a good, a good image, right? To represent who we are, where we are. But every time we'd go down that road, it just didn't seem quite right. 
And um, without getting to all the details, we actually worked with an outside company to help us. We, we gave them the vision and what we believe we're called to as a church and what the Lord has assigned us to do. And they presented us with some things and we looked at it and we thought, well, that's kind of nice. It had some mountains in it. And then looked at this other one and we thought, well, that's not it. Uh, and then we just kind of lived with it for a little bit. But after they presented us with some things, I don't know, several weeks later, four, five, six weeks later, I just kept hearing Sarah in my heart every time she would stand on this platform and she would say, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. And every time she said it, I don't, many of you probably picked up on it too. There was such an anointing on it. It would hit my heart with such force every time it came out of her mouth. And it seemed like for weeks in a row, she would say it like the spirit of God was directing her to say it week after week. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. And it, the Lord just kept bringing that imagery back up to us over and over and over again. And then just in the last few days, I mean, how many places have we seen just today in the word where he said his vision for you is like a tree, like a tree. And what did that mean? Fearless, free from anxiety, fruitful, prosperous in whatever you do. Like a tree, your children, like little shoots off that tree and surrounding the table. And this image just kept getting clearer and clearer and clearer to us. And one of the things about vision, like I mentioned already, is you got to keep it out in front of you. Sarah said this years ago when she was ministering. She said, you will become whatever you behold. Whatever you look at on a daily basis, you will become that. It's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual principle that the more you behold it, the more you become it. And this is what the scripture says. When we see Jesus, we will be like him. That's part of our transformation into him. We behold him. You become what you behold. And so now... What's changing in my mentality about all this, when I drive on this property, the mountains are beautiful, but I don't know why it took me three or four years to realize we got a bunch of trees out here. <laughs> We're on over 150 acres up in, this, up in these mountains, and on every one of these anchor, anchors, acres, anchors are good too, acres <laughs> are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trees. We got a couple of pretty mountains, but we got hundreds upon hundreds of trees, trees. And we're telling you, this is who and what you are. You're not a shrub. You're a tree. And so to help you become that, we want you to behold it. And I want to show you, and this is what the Lord did. This is amazing. And only he could have done it. But this is some imagery that we're going to start putting up in front of you, putting up in front of ourselves. You're going to see it everywhere. You're going to see it online. You're going to see it hanging in the lobby. You're going to see it in the sanctuary. And this is what we believe Legacy Church is about. And it's the road that we're on. Take a look at this. Go ahead. Go ahead and play that next one. There you go. That's the image that you're going to see in front of you. But what didn't hit me really until the last 24, 48 hours is that we didn't have a logo designed for our church. We had an image created that tells you who you are. This is you. 
planted in the house of the Lord. Flourishing, fruitful, prosperous, free from fear, free from anxiety. Go ahead and show that other image, guys, where we put the whole thing together. And I'm excited about this. Isn't that beautiful? I even like the way they hid the L inside the tree there. It, it's so much more than just a, hey, pretty logo. It's vision. It's vision. So I believe by the time you come to church next week, and I'm going to have to ask our staff to help us with this. I, th I think this is a beautiful picture. I want to print this and put it in everybody's hand. Can we do that? Um, the company that helped us actually, uh, I don't know what archives they have, but they found a picture of Green Mountain Falls, Colorado from what was it? 1950 something. I don't know. And that's that image behind you there They're behind the logo. And, uh, it was actually an old postcard from back then. So I, I think it would be good for us to have that, hang on to it. I can, I'm just going to put it in my Bible and every time I see it, it's going to make me think of you. Amen. It's going to make me think of the hundreds and hundreds of trees, Amen. the ones that are here and the ones that are still growing here. And the cool thing is what this gave way to, and we'll show you more about this maybe next week. Uh, go ahead and go to that one for our children's ministry. Take a look at this. This is our adventure club. And you see the little olive branch there? The little sprout, the little shoot off the main tree. And so this move of God that's taken place is a move among our families. Uh, go, go back uh, one to that one previous to this. And let me read this to you. I thought this was just too cool. That scripture in Psalm 92 that Sarah read to you, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He gives you another tree as an example here. He said, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, a cedar in Lebanon. I thought, well, that's pretty specific. So I started digging into that a little bit and found out these were the trees that David used in the construction of the temple. These are literally the building materials of the temple. And then I found out this particular area that the cedars of Lebanon grow, grow in, they grow high up in the highest, check this out, highest elevations of that region. And there was a man, um, he was a Bible scholar that lived centuries ago. He, it, this says he visited that area back in 1697. And he came back and he wrote about those trees, the cedars of Lebanon. And he said, interestingly, these noble trees grow among the snow because they're high up in that elevation. In other words, he's saying these trees grow in a place not other trees can. They grow high up. They grow in the snow. Does that mean anything to us around here? Can you grow in the snow, grow in the sunshine, grow when you're being watered, growing in every kind of environment? Doesn't matter what's going on out here because you're tapped in, right? You've got an unending just, supply. I thought of something else. This is from the Lord. You know, when you um, become a tree and strong and 
and, and you've grown up and you've, the Lord has done so much in your life. He's planted you. You've planted yourself and then he has come alongside you and just made you strong. Um, do you know there's what happens when the wind starts to blow? <laughs> your tree, when you're strong, a tree will start to scatter seed, its own seed. And it's kind of like the wind of the Holy Spirit when he comes and he knows we're ready. It's like he comes in and he, he moves across the trees, all the trees. And they not only just become the ones who are being watered and the ones who are being uh, the sunshine shining down on them anymore. They start dispersing seed and the wind will blow and scatter that seed far and wide. And then there will be new plants. There will be new trees, little sprouts that begin to uh, grow up and become very strong. But that is when you become, and we are, we shall become those trees that are strong like a tree, planted by the rivers of living water and fresh and flourishing. And when we become like that, God will continue to just, the, the Holy Spirit will begin to move and that wind of the Spirit will cause us to disperse more seed. And we will be, begin to uh, have a great impact and influence on the world around us. So he's doing a new thing. And that's what it looks like. It's a new thing. And it's a move of the Holy Spirit among our children. And next week, we're going to talk to you about our youth, our teenagers. Um, if there are any teenagers in here, I encourage you to come back to church next week because uh, we've got a gift for every one of them, and it's really, really cool. I'm very excited about it. So the Lord's doing a new thing. Why don't we just pray right now and thank him for it? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and just go before the Lord with this new vision of who and what he's called us to be. Lord, we come before you right now in worship and in praise. Thank you so much for your word and the revelation that it brings to our lives. And we can see over and over today that your will for every one of us and your declaration over every one of us is that we shall be like a tree, not shrubs in the desert, not starving, not wilting, not withered, not dry, but trees planted by the water that bring forth fruit in season. And our leaves are green, evergreen, And we're free from all fear, free from all anxiety. And whatever we set our hand to do in you, it prospers. Oh, Lord, this is a new thing, and we thank you for it. Thank you for this new image to behold, this this tree. And every time we come on this property, Lord, and we see all these hundreds of trees that we're surrounded by, give us eyes to see these aren't just things in nature, but they represent the lives, the families, the individuals that will call this place home and will be planted here and will flourish here and will thrive here. In Jesus name, we thank you for it. Glory, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Did you get something good out of this this morning? Say it again. I'm not a shrub. I'm a tree. Before we go today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow your tithes, your offerings, bring your offering before the Lord. Uh, If you brought a cash or credit card for your giving and you need an envelope for that, raise your hand. Our ushers have one for you. 
I'll have a good report for you next week on our payoff project. The Lord is freeing us up. We're making great progress there. So don't miss out on that. If you're writing a check today, you can make it payable to Legacy Church. We've got online giving options for you as well. For those of you who are watching online today, uh, you can give at LegacyChurch.Family or uh, text to give is an available option for you as well. Just do as the Lord leads you today. I call you blessed, increased in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take your time and finish writing. And when you're done, why don't you stand with us and we're gonna hold our offerings before the Lord and worship Him with this. This is our tree offering. Seeds, seeds being sown today. Thank you, Lord. Whether you're giving or not, just hold your hands up and worship Him. He's worthy of your worship today. Father, we honor you with our giving this morning. We thank you for this new thing you've begun in us. Thank you, Father, for the, the good work you've begun. We call you faithful to finish it. Lord, it's an honor to sow today into your things and into this new thing, into this, this new plan, this new assignment. We declare over everyone in this congregation and those watching, joining us online today, you shall be like a tree, fresh and flourishing flourishing in the courts of our God, prospering in everything you set your hand to do. Lord, we ask you to receive our offering today from our heart of faith, our heart of love. We declare over this congregation, you are increasing more and more, you and your children. The windows of heaven are opened above you and a blessing's being poured out so much there's not room enough to contain it. And everything you set your hand to do prospers in Jesus' name. Come on, let's say this together, church. We are prospering in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. We sow in faith and we reap in joy. We will have more than enough to meet every need, to pay every debt, and to be a big blessing to a lot of people. We're not running out. We're running over in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Ushers, go ahead and wait on the I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I will be like a tree planted by the waters. Oh, I shall not be moved. I, and I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I will be like a tree that's planted by the waters. Oh, I shall not be moved. Yeah. I shall not be. I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I will be like a tree that's planted by the water. Oh, I shall not be moved. Oh. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I think that's a good song for us to go out singing today. I shall not be moved. Shrubs are easily moved, right? Trees 
are hard to move. That's who you are. That's what you are. Altar ministers, would you come to the front today? If you need prayer for anything, if you got questions about being born again or making Jesus the Lord of your life, don't leave here today without letting these people pray with you and find out who you are in Jesus, who he is in you. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit or you have questions about that, we'd love to pray with you over that today. And we declare over you, you are blessed in everything you set your hand to do and you are a blessing, amen? I declare over you, you shall be like a tree. Father, we thank you for the words we've heard today. We bless this congregation as they go. We worship you and thank you for the good work you've begun in us. We call you faithful to finish it. And in Jesus' name, we will be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people. You believe it? Come on, shout amen, somebody. Give thanks for what we've heard today. Glory to God. We bless you. They're going to sing. You be dismissed. We love you. We bless you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text Legacy and any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.